All right, everybody, we got a special episode today of Mind Muscle Mastery and Rolling Real Estate. Dual so, show, Adam Ranville. Do you go by Renata Ranville? Or Adam Renata Ranville. So yes. you say both. I say the whole thing. Is Renata Ranville your last name or is Renata your middle name? Renata is my stage name, entertainer name that I want to be known by eventually. Okay. It's Ranville and Adam put together. R A N A D A. Renata. Ah, so eventually you'll just be like Prince. Or seal, exactly. Or seal. It's Sorry. just a symbol. Sing. Or share. <laughs> or share. <laughs> or Brittany. <laughs> Brittany, bitch. <laughs> yeah, she has two names now. She has two names now. Uh, okay, cool. What's your middle name, Ryan? Michael. Michael. That's my middle name, my, my legal middle name, yeah. And I'm 11 Rex. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I feel like it's I cooler do. than Michael. It is. Michael's a very normal, it's like, it's like very Marie basic. for a girl. It's very, yeah, it's very basic. It is. It's better oh, than, like, Nicholas. Or Pinozzi? <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> Just kidding, Nick. <laughs> or Joe? Yeah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I agree. It's better than Joe, right? <laughs> oh, we can leave that in. That's all for fun. Oh no, it's all in. <laughs> we ended. Um, so what's going on today, guys? It's uh, hot as balls. It is a beautiful day out here that. at 8 a.m. Yes. It is a, it is a. So I forgot the shorts in our mouth. Yeah. Just so if, just for people listening, we have a gentleman to the left who is in a three-piece suit, Gucci loafers. And a coffee. <laughs> and a coffee. Warm. But, well, yeah, thank, first of all, thank you for having me out here again. Thank you for joining us. Of course. Um, I remember last time, one of the topics we talked about, this actually was a really interesting topic. We talked about merging love with business. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And that got a whole, that got a great response. That got a lot of interest. Uh, it's something I notice more and more, especially in the culture today. Mm -hmm. A lot of people really believe, you know, and, and you probably can speak to this because you're, how long have you been married? Uh, I've been with my wife for well, a little over 10 years. Okay, so a decade. Yeah, I know a lot of people that have told me that are in positions of, of success that say stay away from two things, marriages and mortgages. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like, why, why, why not marriages? Why not marriages? And people were like, you know, you can't serve two masters equally. It's going to be really hard if you want to hit these apex pinnacles in your, your professional career. But then something's going to suffer in your home life. But if you're going to give full throttle to your home life, something's going to suffer in your professional life. And then Levin and I had touched on the topic of how love actually, being in a relationship, actually fuels the professional life because you're no longer living for just you. You're living for the spouse. You're living for the future children. You're living for the future grandchildren. Can you, you being a person who is married, mm -hmm. who has children, is there anything you can add to that? You can touch on that to kind of open us up? Uh, no, I agree with it wholeheartedly. And I think the biggest thing for me that I still struggle with daily is being able to get out of my car when I get home and before I walk in the house, I'm changing into dad mode. I'm changing into husband mode, mm -hmm. right? And you have to be able to, because you said you can't, uh, what was it, two masters? Serve I, two, I, masters serve two masters equally. I think you can. Oh, but you okay. have to, I personally think you can, but you have to train yourself and or your mind to get into a position when you walk through your front door when you get home, mm -hmm. it's dad husband mode, period. What, so what, if somebody listening or watching, what would you say is a technique for that? To be able to make that switch, because I know Pray. a lot of people can't no, do that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, would you help me? Uh, I know a lot of people can't do that. I know a lot of people is out hard. I still, work I still out. struggle. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I do it every day, but uh -huh. I do give it a, you know, the old college <clears throat> try. The good old collegiate effort. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> just because, you know, when you're home, you have to, even in business or even right here, you want to be, your attention needs to be 100%. I still struggle with that, but the idea is to be able to 
when you're at work, it's work. When you're at home, it's home. And when your kids are running down, running around, screaming and laughing, to embrace that, take that in, make those memories. Versus looking at it, not understanding what's going on, because I'm thinking about a purchase agreement in the back of my head. I'm there, but I'm not there mentally, right? right. And so, and that's wrong. It's wrong to them. It's wrong to my wife, right? So that's why I'm truly trying to. And I said last time, I think episode a couple episodes ago it's like you know my morning time is that like i don't get the president can come in and it, it wouldn't change my morning so your, your your morning thing is you wake up it's not checking the so phone you guys should be very it's not very checking special. that's kidding <laughs> no, no i didn't know if you were gonna come because it was so early yeah no but that, i mean that's, that's true and it's really. not because it's not because i'm like sleeping in but it's it's the fact that my morning i made a decision because we were talking about earlier off cameras my childhood, my past, uh -huh. there are things that I want to change. And one of those things is being a father figure, right? And to my children. So so basically you're saying that you had, you have developed positive techniques in your life through trauma, through tragedy that you had growing up? Yeah. I mean, I'm okay. just doing the exact opposite. <laughs> you know <laughs> you know exactly what you don't want, which is right. fair No, exactly. But yeah, so, so serving two masters, I think it can be done. I think it's, it's a lot of hard work, but yeah. if you can get to the point to where you can truly shut things off uh -huh. within reason, right? Because you don't want to just neglect everything uh -huh. one way or the other. But if you can get to a point where you can shut things off when you walk through your front door and become hot husband, father, I think it can be done. And you can serve two masters. So, with that being said, because you, you talked about your morning, is your morning, you don't care if the president comes in, you don't care, what is your morning? Like, a, on a Monday through Friday, business time, Monday through Friday, what is your morning? My morning, I get up as early as I can. Uh -huh. Usually it's pretty early because I have a one-year-old, and she still doesn't sleep. You're getting but, up early. Yeah, and but it's, it's watching them get ready, it's watching them have breakfast, it's talking to them, seeing what they're going to do today. It's gibberish, but it, that, that's not the point. The point is to connect. With it's them. full engagement, right? With, with period. Kids. Okay. Right, and then that's they understand point. at you know at a certain time Dad's gonna leave, but I'll be back, and they're in a good mood, and you know try to help set up that day for them to be good in a good mood and be excited for me to come home and for, mm -hmm. you know whatever they're doing throughout the day doesn't matter, but it's just to set that foundation in the morning for them to have fun, right? And that's and that's part of what I try to do each morning. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. So that's from the married man with kids. The engaged man, what does your morning look like? You you wake up, obviously you don't have children, but you have a woman. What is what is your routine? What do you do in the morning? Being a business owner, being a professional that you are, what is your what, what do you do to center yourself in the morning? Well, that's changed a lot in the last six months. Because um, I don't get up as early as I used to. I used to get up at five every morning and read for an hour at least. And then slowly get my, my day going. But but lately, my alarm uh, doesn't get set. <laughs> you, you wake up on your own internal clock? Well, no, it's, it's the sun comes in at, you know, 6 a.m. or whatever. And Eric always has her alarm set for 6 now. So I wake up with her alarm at 6, and then I'll lay in bed till 6.30 or so. Okay. Get up, feed Barnaby. Take a pee. He does have a kid. I forgot yeah. he has Barnaby. You know, he does Barnaby, have a child. Yeah, Barnaby's got to go pee, you know. Um, and he's shaking every morning, like, get up, get up, get up. Get up. He wants some food. Like, he wants food, so I got to get up. But, but I don't he's read. He's shaking every morning. Yeah, he Feed me. He is. He is. He is. Um, I love it, you know, especially when he's real close to me. Um, but I get up. I still read in the morning, but not like I used to. I used to try to read, like, at least an hour. But now I maybe read. 10, 20 minutes at most. 
Then I'll get dressed. I'll try to get to the office by 8 so that I'm there before everybody else and I can just be calm and get my day started. So I usually start in Bluefield. And then I maybe get to Troy by 10, 11, spend a few hours there, then shoot back to Bluefield or Milford, check on things. But my mornings are just straight relaxing, 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 relaxation, relaxation, relaxation. Relaxation. Sounds relaxation. Straight relaxing. Made a new word. Relaxing. Relaxing. What do you do today? Relaxing. Trademark. I like that. You just coined something, man. Can I say it one more time? Relaxing. But it's just peaceful in the morning. You know, just peaceful in the morning. Slow. That's how it needs to be. Music's on. Read. Hang out with Barn. Like, but in going back to like the staying focused. Like, I, I typically don't even look at my phone for a half hour to hour after I get up. I mean, I'll look at it to make sure there's not, like, ten I'm, messages from Ryan. But you're dying. Not, <laughs> you're, not, you're not diving into the emails. No, no, you're not no. diving into the, no. to the social media. It's just, not... like, a quick to be, like, did somebody important text me while Right, okay. I respect that. And then that. if there's like not, that. then I let it go. I'm working on doing that myself as well. Um, that's a hard thing. Uh, to, that's a hard thing to crack out of, especially when you're... You're so eager to build your company. You're so eager to get that that clientele going. You're so eager to go out and do something. It's hard to just wake up and say, "Okay, I'm going to be present for the next 47 minutes in just myself." Yeah, yeah. well, you leave it in another room is one of the things. That's, that's just a good don't, idea. Just don't have it by me. That's a good idea. Uh, but it is, you know, still there's times like, "Ooh, check it. I want to check it. I want to yeah. check it." Yeah. But I don't, and I try not to respond to those text messages or emails until I'm about to leave the house or until I'm in my car. So I'll sometimes just go out to my car, start it up, get the radio, everything going. Mm-hmm. Then I'll look at my phone and be like, all right, who do I got to address before I head out of the house? Oh, I like that. So okay. I'll just do it in my car while I'm getting ready to leave the house. And then when I get home at the end of the day, it's the same thing, like switching roles. I'll pull into the garage, and if I'm on the phone, I'll finish the phone call. Or if I, I'll look at the texts or the emails, and I'll sit in my car and address those before I even get out of the car. So that when I do get out of the car, it's like, okay, now I'm home. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I can relax a little bit. I like that. But then from that time until like 9 p.m., it's still on edge. You know, because you're still following things and making sure nobody needs anything. Right. It's not with me, like in my pocket. I'm checking it every five minutes. But it's in the back of my head. I got to keep an eye on this. Okay. So I'll just look at it every 30 minutes or so if it doesn't make a noise. <clears throat> and then 9 o'clock. I can shut it all down and I completely relax. Like after nine o'clock, I'm a different person because it's just like I know there's not gonna be any emergencies, so I can let the guard down. Like, where's, your, where's your shutdown point? Being a father and a husband, where's uh, that? Is it sooner for you? It, no, it does. I, that's that's been hard for me because when my kids would go, depending on what depending on what we're doing, but usually like seven, seven thirty-ish. Be realistic, seven thirty-eight. My wife will start to put the kids down while they're upstairs laying down. She's putting the kids out of bed. I get back on my computer. I'll get back okay. on my phone or whatever. Um, I'm in a lot better position than I was when I started in real estate, but I'm still not in a position to where I can just completely shut things off and not deal with, you know, because like last night, I was, I can show you, I've got clients texting me because we're closing on a, two, I got two closings next week, and it's 11 o'clock at night and they're texting me. I'm accepting it by responding, and I shouldn't, but I, I, that's where I struggle, too. It's like if I'm by myself or my wife's sleeping and I can't sleep, I'll, I'll respond to things a lot later right. than I should. Okay. Um, so is there an exact time like he has? No, but I should definitely do it. Well, that's just like a mental thing for me. Right. At 9 o'clock, 
I know there should be an emergency. Right. Exactly. So I can relax. Right. Yeah. That's you know, true. And especially That's true. like now it's it's a little harder because the sun's out later. Mm-hmm. Well, your market, I mean, what, what you two do for a profession, real estate, that's, that's everybody I know that's in real estate, they say they eat, sleep, and breathe it. Literally, that's 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 who they are. That's who they become. It is not just a Monday through Friday thing. No, it's it's, a, it's a Monday and, to Monday thing. And, and it's, sometimes it can be unfortunately. I mean, I know we love what we do. I do, and I, I can speak on it if you have. But, you know, for the most part, our schedules aren't really dictated by us. We can help guide it, but it's by the customer, it's by the client. Exactly. Yeah. Bumper bowl. And it has to be, right? What? Bumper bowl. Bumper bowl. Yeah, you're in a lane, you got some freedom, uh-huh. but, but you, you got clients on each side. <laughs> oh, I, get, I like yeah, that. I like keeping that. Keeping you in line, keeping you going. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I don't mind it. I mean, if I did, I wouldn't respond at 11 o'clock at night, right? I truly do love what I do. But for the most part, as a, you know, as a, at least in my career, I've only been doing it for about a year for the long time myself, but. It's not fancy things. I still have to get the It's my Well, going down that path, you know, you're both talking about servicing your clients, servicing your your leads, your customer, the people that you you deal with. On a on a personal side, is talking speaking on on servicing people and making things are good. What I'll start with you first, since you have obviously you have the, the wife, you have the children. What are your overall? What are your three main overall objectives and goals that you want to establish with your kids young that you can show them through your body language, your work ethic, that you can show them through who you are, who you've become. What do you want to give them as a foundation growing up by seeing their dad? I guess one would be a solid, just a solid foundation. Period. Something to work off of. Um, and reaffirming to them that they have the ability to do whatever they want to do. I love that. That would be the second one. And the third is to show, be the example of that, right? And so far, I feel like I have to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my mom started this, and I love it. But, you know, every time she's with and I and my wife and I continue it when we're at home, but every time we go see my mother or grandmother, uh-huh. Before she leaves, she'll sit there and look at Adeline because she's three. She can talk. Delilah can't. She's one. Adeline, Delilah. I love Adeline, those names. Yeah. Adeline, Adeline and Delilah. Adeline Sounds Grace like a band. Delilah, song. Yeah, right, I like exactly. That. But no, before they leave my grandmother's or my mother's house, she'll hold, she'll hold Adeline, tell her she's smart, she's brave, and she's strong. Your, your mother does that. And right? She makes my daughter repeat that. I love that. She says, Sam, "That's smart. Say I'm brave and I'm strong." And Adeline does it. And so it's little things like that. So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily being that dictator and say this is the right way but just to reaffirm them that they can do whatever they want that they have support mm-hmm. and there is you know a, a solid foundation for them to grow that's that's completely beautiful i gotta give you first bump on that that's that's awesome and and feel you know as free because another thing i want to ask and if you don't want to answer that's perfectly fine mm-hmm. is it for you in your life those things were or were not there. Did you, were you self-taught? Were you self-raised? Uh, everything was were you self. Everything was yeah. everything was self-generated yeah, I by mean, you. I had I had strong family members in my family for sure. Uh-huh. And my family, as Levin knows, we're a wild bunch. <laughs> we, we love we love hard and we fight hard, right? I mean, it's true. Are you Irish? Uh, I thought I was. I was gonna my say, are you life, Irish? But no, I'm not. Um, thanks, ancestry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> There's a quick plug. Yeah. There's a quick sponsor. Yeah, Let us to. know if you want us to sponsor you. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but no, I, I, I mean, I did and I didn't, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, 
this without going through a very long story, but I, I had a single mother my entire, I, mean, my, I was raised by a single mom, mm-hmm. three kids, and there's only so much she can do, right? And right. so I learned from, you know, school hard knocks, and I didn't, I mean, I, I grew up in Lake Orion, like it wasn't, so you, yeah, okay, so, you were okay. So you I was were around, east side Detroit or Pontiac right, exactly. or Flynn, right? right. Thing. So I, I had enough freedom to get myself in a lot of trouble, uh-huh. but I also associated with people that had a good background, a strong family. So I was able to right. pick and choose what I was doing, what I wanted to hear, and who I wanted to learn from, along with my family at the same time, right? You know, I, I had a grandfather, and I have a grandfather and a grandmother who is the backbone of my family. That's beautiful, right? And my grandfather would correct me when I was on a line right. for sure. I lived with them for a little bit. You know what I mean? So, so you did have strong I was kind of, influences. I, yeah. I, I, well, yeah, my grandfather for good. sure. Okay. Um, but good, good. it was, but I didn't live with him my entire life and mm-hmm. I was able to get myself in some trouble and, or even more trouble. Um, as, as all so of us did growing up. Yeah, right. So I was able to like basically ping pong off of things and figure it out myself. So yeah, self-taught was it's probably the best. Plinko. Plinko, right? Plinko, Plinko yeah. Okay. Yeah, price is right. Yeah, another plug. Eventually got done. <laughs> yeah, eventually get to the goal. Right, exactly. Well, let me ask you that then, because I know you're engaged, you're soon to be married as well, and obviously you're going to have children. What are your goals and visions and everything for your children that you want to instill in them, that you want to be able to give them and say, hey, this is what Levin did, this is what Dad did, this is what Mom did. What, what is, If you could set those now for your kids that are going to be coming in the future, what would your top three be? It'll probably change when you have them, but right now, before they get here... <laughs> This is this is documented. And they'll be able to see. Is what what do you want for them? Uh, you know, I think it's everything everybody wants. Like Ryan said, you know, to be a good example, um, show them that anything's possible. You know, similar to Ryan is like, you know, I, I grew up in White Lake. How bad can it be, right? right? You got them in White Lake. Their crime is cyberbullying, bad parking, <laughs> right? A lot of speeding tickets. <laughs> but. But no, the same thing, you know, lower middle class um, Mm -hmm. and and building what we've built and and growing what we've grown and doing what we have really proves to me that, gosh, if I can do it with this guy, who couldn't? So showing them that anything's possible that we want to do and we really want to do this. So obviously it shows. Uh Um, But being a good example and, and being a stepping stone, like, my parents were to me like they got the family to here mm-hmm. and I hopefully am stepping up with the family right. and then hopefully my kids take it to the next level because what's the point obviously you want your children to be better than you oh 100% I want my how could they not mediocre at best but no but I mean that's true I think for just in general society always wants your kids to be better right? mm-hmm. I hope my daughter's this in a good way destroy what I've accomplished, yeah, right? You I agree. Mean? And, and just kind of giggle about it. I really <laughs> hope they do. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. Right? I want them to have the world, right? And my few, all right, two, like I said, I have two daughters and whatever, however many kids I have after that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really hope that they do that. So on Levin's point, for sure, I, my family got it to here. I want to take it to here. Mm-hmm. And I hope, you know, they triple, quadruple that. And part of doing that is Ryan and I are going to enter into a civil union together. Interesting. I'll just let's break this down. Um, this is this is new. It's, we are and it's new to me. This is <laughs> being, they are coming. You're right. It is new. Let's see where this goes. He, he said, "Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, all right. Let's. All right. Never mind. I thought this was the time to announce it, but I guess not. 
<laughs> well, you are in a episode. you are in a what you are in a business partnership though. Of course. So that's Absolutely. some sort of a union. Oh, how, let me ask you that. How is this? So did, okay, let me ask this first then. So did you two know each other coming into this, or did you meet through your profession and it just clicked right away? And then you said, let's link this up and uh, let's make this happen together. We met through the profession. We met at Eco Realty, the company he started. Okay. <clears throat> Two thousand. What was? What year was that? Two thousand. 14, so you started, you had your own real estate company, and then, and then, and then you merged that yeah. into Remax, or Remax bought it out, or how did that happen? Um, so I opened up a, an independent brokerage in 2010, Okay. and then in 2014, uh, I wanted to expand, and I had met Ryan. So at that point, we purchased two franchises, one for the Madison Heights, where we initially were, uh -huh. and then one for Waterford Township. Okay. So we, we had the independent, then we converted it to Remax. Okay. And that was 2014. And you were already with Remax? No, I was, I was with Eco. You were with Eco? Brand as well. new. Okay. Green. Yeah. Super green. Really? He took a, he took a chance on me. He, 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 bought, he bought a franchise in less than a year of being a realtor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I know I know. How, how common is that? Not common. Not common. Not common. Not common. Not common. I mean, it's, he didn't start the same, but I, I, he was the first one I believe that said it to me. Was just kind of jump and grow your wings on the way down. Oh, I like and that. Eleven, Eleven said that too. No, my stepdad. Your step, oh, your stepdad. Right, said that too. and he's he was very successful in what he very successful in what he did. Um, was it was he a business? Was he uh, business owner? Was he in real estate yeah, as well? No, not real estate. He manufacturing. He owned a manufacturing plant. So did you soak up some of the knowledge that he had? To no, success? but just through conversations. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. When it, when it, when he came into my life was me kind of starting into real estate and him retiring, right? So okay. All right. he had his... He was on his way out, you were on your way in. Correct. In okay. different industries, but conversations could be, you know, oh, yeah. conversation could be held. Business is business across right. the board. Exactly. Sales is sales. Right. Um, but no, he took a huge shot on me. I mean, he, he didn't know me. I, he knew me for a year. Oh. That's it, I think. Or maybe less. So before the real estate then, you you, you said you were, you, you did uh, chef work. Mm -hmm. You were a chef. How... What made you go into that? What made you want that direction? Did you not want to take that as far as you could go? Did that just kind of burn out? No, I got burned out because I started, I mean, I just fell into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I started as a dishwasher. So, I mean, that's how I got into it. I started as a dishwasher when I was 15. Wow, worked, you were doing that you know, at 15? Worked, I, was, I guess I was caddying at 15. That's yeah, sucks. I mean, it just that was horrible. Out. That was horrible. But just worked from dishwasher and then went to culinary school and like, you know, worked my way through kitchens and then uh, in 2007, no, 2006, mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to, I, I knew there was a limit on what I could make and have the time off and not go crazy and get burned out. Because like you're married you know, to that profession, basically. Yeah, so I just was thinking you know, repeatedly, what do I do? And it just popped into my head one day to sell real estate. That was, a, that was a good jumped right in. nudge from your higher self guiding you. In, in the right direction. But well, let me ask this then, is being a chef, doing that, having that hard manual labor, coming from dishwashing up to being a chef, what did that instill in you as a business professional? The, or did it do anything? Well, no, it's just hard work. Because um, I can think back of how hard it was, like physically and heat and, you know, long hours. And, I've done dishwashing right? in the kitchen. But and, I did it for Google when I was in California. We spoke about California when I was out um, acting. I actually, I worked and I cleaned in kitchens, mm -hmm. and it sucks. 
It's hot. It's filthy. Everything looks like vomit when it comes back. It's just it's and people are screaming in there. Right. Nobody mm -hmm. seems happy. And then as soon as they're done, everybody's like, "Hey, see you tomorrow. Everything is good. High five, buddy. Great job. Everything looks clean." It's an extremely fast pace. I call mm -hmm. it. To me, it feels like bartending behind the scenes because mm. it's just quick move, move, right. move, move, go, go, go. I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but from, from learning from that fast-paced, heavy workload environment, would you say that's made real estate easier, what you're doing now? Absolutely. Because I can think back of how busy it was and just be like, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> you know, even, even if it's, you know, intense in the moment, what I'm doing right now, uh -huh. I can still think back and be like, at it's least worse. it's not in a kitchen. Because I, I still, every once in a while, I have a nightmare of, you know, the, the ticket machine where the orders come through. Yes. I swear, I'll still have nightmares once in a while where I'm cooking and the machine's just going off. <laughs> it was that stressful. It's just stressful. going off. It and was... I'm just like, <gasps> It wasn't that stressful at the time, no, but it, it was intense. Oh. And, and just like the dream of like intense orders just going and being like, oh my gosh, for the next six hours, I'm doing this, <laughs> right? It was less and less as time goes on, but I still have those flashbacks and literal nightmares of right. being in the kitchen and just being like, oh. So this business ownership in real estate is a breath of clean, fresh oxygen. Mm -hmm. What was your worst, what was your worst job you did coming into this? My worst job? Worst thing, you, worst thing you did that prepared you for this in the in the professional world. I don't think there. I, uh, what I did. Or toughest, I guess, is a fair. Well, way. I mean, the, what I did prior to this is, I mean, it's on a different side of the spectrum. I was in the military. Oh, I was, well, uh, that's yeah. I was, a, I was a corpsman, which is a basically like a medic. By the way, thank you for your service before we go anywhere. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, and then you know, I spent a year and a half. <laughs> uh, my first year and a half in the military in a labor delivery unit. And then so I was a like a tech helping deliver babies with for and the military. Then, yeah. So and then women was, in the military that were pregnant, or was it just open to everybody? Dependents or military. Okay. Yep. Oh, wives. So, right. Correct. So you were you were stationed here in the states, or were you stationed out of base? I mean, yeah. So I, so I went from Great Lakes, where Great Lakes, Illinois, where boot camp is. From there, I went to Maryland, Bethesda, Maryland, uh, National Naval Medical Center, which is I believe Walter Reed now. I worked in labor and, deliver, labor and delivery unit there for about a year. Then I was moved to intensive care unit. Okay. From there, I went what we call green side. So I went to the Marine Corps side because the Marine Corps don't, did not have their own medics, corpsmen. So oh, they wow. augment from know that. the Navy, right? So the Navy owns the Marine Corps. So you went, they, you so started Navy is what? You started I stayed in the Navy. I just was with the Marine Corps. Oh, okay. I'll get right. what you're saying. Okay. So, so when I went green side, mm. I went to Mountain with field medical training school. Okay. Whatever, right? And so it's a it's a it's a two month course shotgun class of how to save people's lives at a very basic level. And then from there, I went to Third Marines and I deployed to Afghanistan. I, that was where I ended up my uh, I ended up my military career with Third Marines. If you don't mind me asking, I mean, I have uh, family. My my grandfather served mm -hmm. in the army. He he fought World War II. He actually yeah. literally walked through the Holocaust. Yeah. His brother got shot down right next to him, flying in. Um, my father served in the Air Force, uncle served in the Army, mm -hmm. cousin serving in life in the Navy. Um, and and I, I would ask this in the most positive way. Yeah. Being stationed in a hostile environment like Afghanistan, yeah. what was the most positive? What was the most 
fundamentally building experience that you learned? I'm not going to ask you what your worst was. I don't want to drag it back into no, the memories. Um, no, the, what was the best thing, the most beneficial thing? Hands down would be the friendships made. So the person-to-person person connection. Oh, okay. oh, shit. I mean, there's no... Now, is that just with the with the American soldiers, or did you get the ability to make camaraderie with oh, the No, we were, we, we were the integrated natives? with uh, Afghan National, ANA, Afghan National. I, that's, to me, so important that I think people should understand that mm -hmm. you can go over there, we can go over there as a country, mm -hmm. and be able to build friendships in an area where they say, we are despised, we're but, hated. Yeah, no, to no, be no, able we, to build that is we, really important. I mean, we didn't specifically, but there, you know, they go, there are uh, units that go over there and, you know, teach courses and how to be a corpsman, right? And uh -huh. so they integrate, when we go on patrols, they integrate with us and, you know, they see how we do things and learn from how the United States Marine Corps handles business. And they handle business, right? So, mm -hmm. um, but that, but bar none, just the relationships made um, and they grow even thicker being over there. Right? I believe and, that. And the guys that I deployed with, it, I mean, they, we had a really hard time. Like, there was a couple of things, you know, we, we lost uh, I'm sorry for your loss. But uh, there's a bunch of, you know, different other casualties. You know, there's it's just, you know, guys losing both legs, both oh. legs and arm. One, so it was, um, it was tough for our unit as a whole. I believe for sure. That. You know, and there's a lot, there's some other things involved with that, but, um, but bar none, was the friendship that I still have with these guys. And we don't maybe not necessarily talk every day, but any one of them call me tonight, and I'm on a plane. That's that's beautiful. So, you know, wow. being in Afghanistan, you know, wow. really realizing how privileged we are mm -hmm. and how great this country is, mm -hmm. you know, and the times we're in, it can be very toxic or you know, uh, controversial. You know, controversial to say that, but for those people that don't know, right, take a trip to a third world country, uh, you'll come back seeing a difference. In, period. So then you get to bring that experience now back home into the real estate world. Yeah. How easy is rejection, how easy is small failures, how easy are road bumps and hurdles to handle now after having that experience, so, where, where a bad day for you is a guy coming in with no legs, right, a bad day for you so, is the news that so-and-so right, passed away. Exactly, and, that, and, and it's, I mean, but I, it, it is and it isn't, and it goes back to being able to turn things on and off, right? Like I said in the beginning, being able to walk to my front door and it's dad's home, right? Uh -huh. So, it's ingrained to me how small, how no matter how small or big this the failure is and rejection, it still bothers me, right? As it would anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but on the scale, like it's it means nothing. Like, and I don't mean that in a malicious way, but well, the grand scheme of things, like it's, not. Is, it's, it's not. It's not though. It's but like his is the kitchen, right? And that's uh, it's a very valid point. It was sucked i'm sure i wouldn't want to do that i wouldn't want to do it either right but but to his point was like it could be worse in a sense right when so he's in this when worse. you're talking about when you're in your current setting right now Correct. it could be worse it could be a lot yeah. worse and so yeah how 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 deep do you want to go down that rabbit hole beating yourself up over whatever it's getting right for rejected i mean yes it's not fun and it's going to require more work now and telling people that they may have lost out on you know their dream home which is never fun no right but it could be worse yeah and and you just you Pick yourself up by the bootstraps and figure something else out. What do you do to what do you do, Adam, to deal with rejection and when you get beat down? My 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 strategy is the abundance mindset over the scarcity mindset. And for me, 
what I immediately do. So let's say I'm going to go do an event and the, they say we're going to pay you this amount of money. The event falls through. Or I have a client that I'm working with and I'm doing a training workshop and that falls through. Or whatever the case may be, anything that comes in personal or professional failure, I guess if you could say. Mm -hmm. What I do is after that one, because that's all it is is one, right? It's, it's, excuse me, it's one incident, so there's one failure. What I will do is I'll look at that, I'll set that aside, and I will structure my forward mindset immediately after that. My mindset will be looking forward and I will look at all of the wins that I've had in the course of a day. <clears throat> so what I mean by that is, okay, so I have this one loss sitting here. Um, the event in September is not going to happen. Okay, there's one loss. Well, I woke up, one win. My electricity was on, two wins. The water was working, three wins. Right. Food in the refrigerator, four wins. And I sit down and I count all of the wins mm. because none of that's guaranteed. You are not owed electricity. You are not owed air conditioning. You are not owed a bed. You are not owed a, a uh, plate of food. You are not owed a car. You're not owed any of these things. <clears throat> and really, you're not even owed the, the oxygen that's in your lungs. Right. So for me, the, what I do, growing up, seeing horrible experiences, being in the center of them, causing some of them, <coughs> excuse me, I'm over here choking. Uh, for me, the easiest thing to do is to shift to the abundance mindset, and the abundance mindset for me is easiest created by counting my daily wins. And I don't care what point in the day it is, if I wake up at 8 a.m. and at 10, 12, you know, so I'm only awake for two hours and 12 minutes, if at 10, 12 I have a failure, well, for two hours and 12 minutes, I have probably 13, 14 wins. There was coffee in the in the in the refrigerator. Or there was the the water is clean. You know, I can drink water out of my faucet. Um, the cable bill was paid. My Wi-Fi is working. Don't drink water out of the faucet. I don't drink water out of the faucet. I okay. should take that I back. <laughs> yeah. We, don't do that. <laughs> but for me and for anybody looking at this, and you can do this in your personal and in your professional life. You know, if something bad happens, if you just got a call from your best friend and he saw your girl out at the bar last night and she cheated on you, or you are getting ready to close a big expensive deal and you got a commission coming in and then something falls through, literally sit back <clears throat> and count your wins against your losses. <clears throat> I am literally choking. You will see how blessed, <clears throat> I have water here, you will see how blessed you are mm -hmm. because the unfortunate thing is, is growing up, what I saw, what I saw from my parents, what I saw from my siblings, is the way you see wins are buying a new car, having a child, buying a new home, going on vacation to the Bahamas. No, those, those, those are wins, but wins happen every single inch of your life. Who's to say that, that turning on the, the, the switch in the bathroom is not as big of a win as being able to go on vacation to Aruba? Me. Turning on my light switch is not as big as a win as going on a vacation to Aruba. But I get you. I get you. I get you. He is anti-motivation today. I'm about to pee in your boat. What is wrong with you? I do it all the time, girl. <laughs> but no, so I, to answer your question, you so to answer your question, that is an instant technique yeah. that people can implement right away because what that does is it teaches you how to learn in triumph instead of tragedy. Most people learn in tragedy. A death a severe illness, a massive bankruptcy. They have to have these massive tragedies right. slapped across the face for them to go, I better change. But if you can build in triumph, that's forward progressive momentum. And you do that by literally counting your wins and developing the abundance over the scarcity mindset. Yeah, I've never counted my wins. 
That's a good idea. You have a lot, Levin. I mean, I can uh, count. I can count fifty right now. You've got a boat. I know. I can turn on my lights. <laughs> he really does not think that that's important. Okay, Ryan, yeah. tell him to go to a third world country. Is right. turning on the lights oh, well, a big win? Yeah. That's that's the lottery ticket in the third world country. And that's no disrespect to anybody living in those countries. But but we take. Why don't we go on a vacation to a third world country? Then it's a win-win. Look at him. He, he really, it's not, turning on the light switch doesn't mean anything. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, but I, I have another question for you, Adam, because you're really good at answering these questions. Well, I appreciate that. And this is going to be the last one. We're going to wrap it up. All right. What, what do you think's holding you back that you need to change to take your business to the next level? I'm probably holding other people back too. Is why I I'm would asking. say, I would say complacency. Mm. I would say complacency right now, in the moment. I would say is probably my biggest enemy. Like you're comfortable? And, and no, well, yes, I am comfortable. I would say that there are times where I'll go throughout a week, and I'll land bookings, I'll get events going, and I know this money is coming in the future. This is I'm only answering this for the professional side. I know money's coming in the future, and then I sit back and sometimes I rest on my laurels. I'll rest on those victories that are in the moment, mm -hmm. and then I'll say, "Well, I had a good enough week, and it's only Tuesday. I can coast now for Thursday or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday." I think that that is a massive enemy of me right now, specifically because I'm nowhere near the professional pinnacles that I want to be at. And when you start seeing success come and come and come and come. Yeah. You have the tendency to step back and say, I'm doing good right now. Let me let me stop and smell the roses. But then the question is, how long do you stop and smell the roses yeah. for? And I catch myself smelling the roses two days at a time. And then I'm like, damn, it's Friday. I just missed out on Wednesday, yeah. Thursday. What am I doing? So complacency right now is a big thing. And I know for a fact, <clears throat> if I can remove that layer, complacency, get rid of that, I know for a fact on the professional side mm -hmm. that that will really escalate and really help me propel to the specific pinnacles that I want to reach on my professional side. And I think a lot of people have that. Oh, you know, for sure. A lot of people deal with complacency. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's good to be comfortable. Everybody wants to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. But as everybody knows, growth and development happen outside of the comfort zone. So complacency. You also know when to be comfortable. Right? If you're making 20 grand a year, it might be great for somebody. Yeah. Personally, it's not. If I'm making 20 grand a year, I'm not going to be comfortable. If I'm making 100 million dollars a year, I can be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? So it's. I think it's also part of just knowing when to turn well, perspective. Yeah. Okay. Do you think you're more complacent in the summer? Because I see it. That, it happens to me more in the Michigan, summer. Yes. Because like, I'll, I'll be like, <laughs> you get two days a year, man. Right? <laughs> Hell yeah. Don't make us sell that, man. We get. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I agree because the sun is no, up longer. you should definitely sell your house. For sure, just call us. <laughs> well, no, I agree with you. Yeah, in, in, in the summertime, yes, definitely. Okay. You have more opportunities to go outside, lay in the sun, do activities that you can't do in the winter. The sun is up longer. You want to be with people. You want to experience the summer moment. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that complacency hits in the summer. And, and then in the winter, I think, I think you know, lethargy, and depression hit just because of the season. Yeah, so it like evens out in a way. Yeah. Because like you'll lose a day or two, at least for me, because oh, I want to go on the boat, it's nice out, and mm -hmm. then I'll feel guilty after two days of doing uh -huh. it. Or in the winter, I'll get depressed, 
and I won't do anything for two days because I'm depressed. <laughs> right. And then and you got to kick it in. That, yeah. right. you know, and well, then that's I'll part of the human experience. That's part of the human experience. And there is nothing wrong with having that because we are not robots. We are not machines. We are not conveyor belts. It is okay to have those human experiences where you just want to sit back and say, thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you, family, for what we have. And there are days where you just say, you know what? this. I don't want to do this. I'm going to lay in my bed. I'm going to stay here for an extra two hours. I'm going to sip coffee an unusual amount of time today. And I'm going to watch TV. That's what I'm going to, It's okay to have that. You got to give yourself permission to have those turnoff days, to have those wind down days, but you better have a strategy implemented to reactivate yourself. Mm -hmm. As you said, when you can hit the switch to be dad and when you can hit the switch to be business owner. It can be like a spring. Like a spring? It stretches out, uh -huh. and then after your little break or depression, uh -huh. catches back up, Yes, and you go at full blast again. I like that. That's kind of the way I feel. And then I'll, I'll get stretched out too tight, and I'll uh -huh. need to slow down, uh -huh. come back together, go hard. I like that. What about you, Ryan? What do you think's holding you back professionally, uh, if anything? I don't think anything is, I think. Um, nothing? What's, like, holding me back from being where I want, where I want to go? With business or what? like, is there anything that you know mentally or professionally? <laughs> that you're like, man, uh, if I could just a kick small this hindrance, habit, like a small or, hindrance, uh, no, or I, a I personal mean, it's, speed it's bump. more personal, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess it would be. Um, it took it. I was never an extrovert. I was never one to go out and like be the center of parties or attention uh -huh. or whatever. So throughout this career, obviously, I've had to change. But I think if I was more comfortable with myself. Mm -hmm talking in front of people, getting out in front of people, mm -hmm. showing up at places just to show up and not necessarily just to talk business or get clients, but just in general to be more of a um, face. I don't feel comfortable doing that, believe it or not. That's and, crazy because you have, you have a world of experience. I you're easy, you're easy to talk with. Do, like this, I force myself to do this because I know why I should be doing uh -huh. it. Spread the knowledge as much as you can to help other people. So organically, right. this isn't your favorite thing. To no, do. it's not. not at all. It's not a natural favorite. Thing. No, not at all. That's fair. So, but if I think if I was more comfortable with mm -hmm. the um, the sale, I guess it, it sounds. I think you said it. Sales side. Well, you said I think you said it perfect. You said extrovert. Yeah, yeah. Just being more of an extrovert yeah. in general, in a in a in a in a helpful way, in a positive way, in a in a non selfish way. I was more comfortable with just being an expert in general. I think I think things would be a little bit different, but I am trying to do that. So I guess if anything stopping me would be that, which is but you're strange, aware of it, so I'm sure, good. because I'm I'm, I'm I'm very you know on social media often, but uh -huh. <coughs> a lot of those things are forced from myself. But it's because I I know I have to because it's out of sight, out of mind, right? Yeah. And we're in an industry if nobody knows who the heck we are become irrelevant. You know, and this is what I say all the time. Here's the biggest thing in your industry and in my industry as well. Anybody that owns a business, let me, Ryan, let me ask you, do either one of you get participation checks on Friday? No. No, you got God, eat, I wish. You, you, you eat what you kill. You right. eat what you kill. Yeah. So that's actually, you know what? I think it's even more even more strenuous in our position. Not that anybody can't do it, but we have to one, worry about ourselves and our family. Right. Not safe, right? Mm -hmm. Dad mom, sisters, brothers, mm -hmm. but we also have this group of people that we rely on that we also have to make them happy and make them comfortable and help them and get them to where they want to be, right? I think it'd be easier if we just focused on us, but we can't and we don't. We have to focus on 40, 50 people every day. That's right? That takes a lot out of you, though. It does. 
that's why we focus on us. That's why I, like I focus that. on not, me. Right. I, I yeah, focus I like on that. me so that I can be better for help them. and be right. better for them as a whole. Right. I, 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 I like guess that. I respect that a lot. Because you can't focus on somebody else if you have no idea about yourself. Right. You can't. You can't fill someone's glass with an empty glass. So, that's. Let me ask you, Levin. What's holding you back? It's time to wrap this up. <laughs> Thank you all for another great He's episode. Funny. Of We're Real not State. letting him go. Stay tuned. And We're not letting him go. No. Tell, no. Ryan Kelly, tell him how they can get a hold of you. Not uh, doing that. Dude. How do you? What's holding you back? We're not cutting. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> there's. I can think of two things, and I've had time to think about it while you guys talk. So. <laughs> Um, you know, one of them is just like Ryan being more more of an extrovert and getting out there and meeting people and sharing our story and getting to know them because that's how we you know attract people, right? A lot of people. Um, them, so that's and yeah, in in speaking in public, mm -hmm. you know, becoming it's the a biggest better, fear in the world, you know, and keep you know staying calm. Um, but then it's also not knowing what I want to do next and what the next step is. So I don't know where it's going to go next. So what the next thing is for me? Would so, you say uncertainty is a roadblock then? Small parts of uncertainty? Yes. Uncertainty for sure. But that's not what I mean here. Here I mean uh, it's just like I know I want to do something more and different uh -huh. professionally. But I don't know what it is. That's fair. That, that's but there's nothing wrong with being in that gray area because that gray area is where you allow yourself to explore and then as you when you were a chef your higher self will activate and say mm -hmm. get out of this profession go to this one one day you're going to be on this boat you're going to be peeing you're going to be in the shower you're going to be laying with your woman you're going to be holding your kid and you're going to have a lightning bolt your higher self is going to say get out of real estate go start a massive charity foundation. higher self don't ever tell me to get out of real estate <laughs> I don't ever want to, at least at this or point. Or maybe not get out of real estate, but, but activate something else. I want to add on. Just like it did to you before. Yeah, I want to add on. Yep. Like, do something more. So there's no reason to be in a rush for that. I, I, no, I'm, I'm not in no rush. And, and I'm in the same, I agree with you. I'm in the same point as well. I know there's more that I want to do. There's more I want to add to the arsenal. Mm -hmm. And like I always say, your higher self will tell you when that's time. You will have that. You will have that click in your mind that will say, well, wait a minute. What if we veer off in this direction and add this mm -hmm. to the foundation? So... No, that's that's what I'm trying to figure out right now, and no no worries or I'm not stressed about it at all. You know, beautiful. I'm only 47 years old. I've got another 47 years. Are like, you 47? No. I say, wait a minute. But you weren't supposed to ask. <laughs> I was confused. He, he doesn't look younger look, than us. Yeah, he doesn't. He's look, older than us. He doesn't look 47. <laughs> I look young. Speak for yourself. I look like a baby. You, you do have a baby face. Oh, baby face. thank you. Baby. He's my baby. But anyway, no, that, that's what's holding me back. Just not knowing for sure what I want to do next. And then being more comfortable being out, talking. And like this podcast, these videos are forced. You know, it's really? a forced exercise to get better. Because I'm telling you right now, I mean, you can tell. I mean, this is what I do for a profession, speaking in front of people. If you're forcing, you two are good at forcing. Well, here's a. You two are good at well, doing this. Here's the thing on that, though, is that I'm a firm believer, and I know he is practice what we preach agents come, uh, we agents yes. come to us and say what can I do better what can I do more get on these podcasts get on social media you know show yourself to the world and if they never see us doing that what's the lead point? by example right exactly. exactly going back to my other point leading by example so uh -huh. it's not that it's forced that it's we don't like doing it it's uncomfortable but you grow and yeah. you know when you're uncomfortable and this is part of that
That's like cold calls for me. I despise cold calls, right. but they're part of the business. Mm -hmm. They're part of the necessity to make your business grow. Yeah. So I completely understand that. Cool. Well, let's wrap it with this. Levin, anybody that wants to get a hold of you, what is the best way for anybody to contact you? What are your social plugs, personal plugs? How can people reach you? Levinwood.com. Levinwood.com. That's got links to everything. And you? Uh, easiest one would be call me, text me, 248-410-5272, or social media, uh, Ryan Michael and the Game Team, or underscore Ryan Michael Kelly on Instagram. So. Okay. Awesome. What about you, sir? Well, the easiest way to get a hold of me is uh, you can get me on any social platform, Adam Renata Ranville. More importantly, jump on to a podcast, either Apple, Google, or Spotify. Check out Mind Muscle Mastery. Subscribe and follow. And stay a part of the community. Stay a part of the empowerment and the development. And work that mind muscle. Work that mind muscle. Awesome, Absolutely. Dude. Well, thank you for rolling real estate, floating real estate today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Mind Muscle Mastery. Thank you to Levin. Thank you to Ryan. Beautiful information today. We truly hope everybody that watches this or listens to this gains at least one powerful piece of information that they can use immediately after the episode ends. That is the goal. Real, tangible techniques that people can use in their personal and in their professional lives. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. We truly appreciate you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. Go get your win. Turn on your lights. <laughs>